0: Chapter Four of Wanted by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four Under Orders It was New Year's evening, bitterly cold, and with a fierce northeast storm raging outside. Within the luxurious room where Rebecca Meredith sat, one would not have imagined that there could be discomfort of any sort. A very treasure of a room was this the private apartment of the lady of the house mrs mackenzie somebody certainly had not only luxurious but exquisite tastes and had given full play to their indulgence paper and carpet and upholstery and hangings blended charmingly and were all of that indescribable mingling of colours which suggests summer and sunshine however wintry or dark the day the central figure in the room matched the surroundings wonderfully well. Mrs. Mackenzie, lying back among the cushions of a great billowy armchair, her daintily slippered feet resting on a hassock, which set off their daintiness, her slight, almost girlish form, arrayed in a pale blue tea-gown, trimmed with soft white fur, her hair, which was nearly the color of her little daughters, clustering in curls about her temples, looked this evening almost younger than rebecca meredith who occupied the reading chair near at hand yet there were a dozen years between them a very busy and in some respects unique life had rebecca meredith led since that november evening some weeks ago in which she engaged to enter mr mackenzie's family as nurse so far as comfort and outward surroundings was concerned she had been greatly the gainer Mr. Mackenzie had named a sum to be paid her monthly, which would have made Madame stare, and as for her room, the stuffy little fourth floor back would have been appalled by her present surroundings. She shared the large, bright, elegantly appointed room here with Lillian, but there was ample space for two, and a sweeter, brighter roommate one could not have desired. As to board, the girl had endured tortures in the aforesaid boarding-house not altogether on account of the quality and quantity of food but also because of the manner of serving it she had been dainty in her tastes in these directions from a child and her father's well-appointed table had fostered such tastes in mr mackenzie's house the most expensive luxuries of the season were freely served and all the appointments of the dining-room were on a luxurious scale. Silver and china and napery, such as the good doctor's house had never known, were now her daily portion. It is true that she and the housekeeper, and Mrs. Mackenzie's nurse, took their meals together, after the master of the house had been served, but they were served as freely and with as much care as he was himself in short rebecca had learned what american girls seem so slow in learning that the comforts of home and fair living wages can be had in a private house with work to give in return less wearing to brain and body than that which is often paid for in the starvation wages which must yet furnish attic rooms and fourth-rate board but then while i write the sentence i feel that it is useless to wage war upon these ideas the difficulty was voiced by a keen-brained girl to whom i talked of this thing not long ago my dear madam she said don't you know that the average girl will continue to stand behind a counter ten or even twelve hours in a day and endure rudeness from customer and cash-boy and sleep in an attic and eat sour bread and stale vegetables year in and year out rather than live in comparative luxury and eat at that second table they belong to the first table in their boarding-house if it is fourth-rate and that means a great deal i suppose it does but i am glad that there are a few girls like rebecca meredith who are superior even to this as for the meredith family she had spared their feelings by being meagre in her details she had changed her boarding-house that was sufficient surely for them to know her father was not acquainted with the city and remained in ignorance of what a change it was from No. 76th 8th Street to No. 1200 Carroll Avenue. There was no need to say anything about her occupation. It was respectable, and she was better paid, and was saving money, a thing which could never have happened at madame's. Nobody knew her, so the Meredith Pride need not feel itself hurt. But there were unpleasantnesses connected with her present life, in the first place the chambermaid seemed to resent the idea of rebecca sitting at the housekeeper's table and lost no opportunity to toss her head and curl her lip at the offender she even muttered occasionally something about stuck-ups who thought themselves better than common people to be sure this was a very small matter indeed to rebecca she gave the girl almost as little thought as she would have given to an offending fly but even a fly can annoy. There was a graver unpleasantness than this, and one which grew upon her. She had conceived a decided, almost an intense dislike for the master of this great, handsome house, and there was something about Rebecca which made her shrink from receiving her daily bread at the hands of one whom she disliked. It is true she rarely saw him, an occasional passing of each other on the stairs, at which time he recognized her existence by the gravest of bows an occasional glimpse of him seated in his library chair when she went to open the door for lillian to make her daily visit this was almost the extent of their intercourse for the rest he contented himself generally with brief notes in which he gave explicit and evidently carefully planned directions concerning lillian and not a word else yet as i said her dislike for him was deepening. Perhaps it had its start on the day of that first interview with him, after it had been decided that she would try the situation. He had toyed for a single instant with his paper-knife, as a nervous man might have done. He had said to Rogers, who reminded him that dinner was served, "'Yes, I will be out in a moment.' Then he had dropped the knife and wheeled around again to Rebecca. "'Did I understand that you could come in the morning?' my mornings are very much crowded with business i must therefore take a few moments of your time at once to make some statements as a rule i try to give this hour of the day to my daughter i shall wish you to have her ready to join me here about five o'clock i desire you to come with her to the door then you may retire until i ring for the child to be taken away if for any reason i am detained or must be otherwise engaged I shall wish you to keep the child with you, and at all other hours of the day I shall expect you to have her in your immediate presence. When she goes in to spend a little time with her mother, it is my desire that you should go also. Up to this point Rebecca had listened in silence. The directions were absurdly explicit, she thought, and presupposed that she knew nothing about the work which she had engaged to do but perhaps men did not know any better than to talk in that way to women why did he not let his wife give the necessary orders this train of thought which she carried on as she listened was suddenly broken in upon by that last surprising direction so the mother was not to be permitted to see her child except in the presence of a third person she interrupted the rapid utterances excuse me what if the mother desires me to retire and leave her child with her in that case you are to state that you have orders from the child's father not to have her out of your sight rebecca listened dumbfounded this was responsibility indeed a sudden explanation flashed over her mind it must be that the mother was insane and that he feared to leave the little one alone with her but if such were the case why did he not say so how absurd as well as cruel to try to keep her in ignorance of such a condition of things when of course she must find it out for herself as soon as she came in contact with the mother for a moment she felt that she must ask to be released from the engagement she had made she shrank unutterably from having anything to do with an insane person but the thought of lillian and the kisses she had bestowed made her hesitate and gave mr mackenzie time to continue we need not borrow trouble miss by the way what is your name rebecca had nearly said miss meredith but remembered the customs of her present position in time and with an added flush on her face answered rebecca meredith thank you i was about to say rebecca that we need not borrow trouble we shall find enough of it unsought along the way probably the child's mother will not ask you to leave her charge she understands my wishes in the matter quite well but if she does i shall expect you to obey my orders i told you i was obliged to discharge your predecessor because i could not trust her i expect to be able to trust you this might have been intended as a compliment but rebecca felt almost as though she had been insulted she began then to dislike the grave self-sustained man who could talk about his wife as though she were merely another person in his employ she assured herself that he would have shown more heart as well as more common sense by confiding to her a great sorrow if the woman were really not in her right mind and trusting her to do the best she could to help them bear such a burden his next sentence added to her indignation and dismay. Moreover, Rebecca, I shall have to ask you to be kind enough not to execute any commissions which any members of my family may wish to entrust to you. Mrs. Mackenzie, for instance, has a woman whose sole duty it is to attend her, and who understands all her needs, but she is sometimes thoughtless in regard to the duties of others, and may ask a service of you, which you ought not to have to perform. Can you not excuse Rebecca for feeling indignant? Here was certainly a very strange condition of things. If Mr. Mackenzie felt it necessary to confide in a stranger to this extent, why did not courtesy and common sense suggest to him that he ought to go further? He gave her no opportunity to frame a reply, and evidently expected none. He had risen while speaking the last sentence. I find myself very much cramped for time, and expect to be even unusually hurried to-morrow. Therefore, I felt it necessary to give these directions to-night. As to your duties, the housekeeper is entirely reliable, and will give you all the information you need for the present. Now I shall have to bid you good evening. Rebecca, too, had risen, and he had himself bowed her to the door, even while she was trying to frame a sentence which should tell him that she could not enter so mysterious a household and take such disagreeable duties upon her how utterly unnecessary too were his precautions what harm could it do to humour the fancies of a poor diseased brain and let any one she happened to choose execute or seem to execute her commissions for her the newly engaged nurse went back to her boarding house in a fume and spent half the night wondering, planning, and regretting. But the next morning she bade good-bye to the fourth story back and went to twelve hundred Carroll Avenue. She had lunched in state with the housekeeper and a dignified-looking middle-aged woman who was addressed as nurse, and was trying to find her way through the intricacies of Lillian's wardrobe, which had been properly entrusted to her when there came a summons which made her heart beat faster mrs mackenzie would like to see you ma'am and you are to bring miss lillian with you if you please it was dick the errand boy who brought this word and he waited for no reply else rebecca would have begged him to show her the way to mrs mackenzie's room truth to tell she was in a nervous tremor and was almost tempted to call after the boy and ask his protection however she scolded herself roundly for allowing her foolish fears to get control of her common sense of course there was no danger else they would not allow her an utter stranger to take the child and go unattended into its presence lillian was absorbed at that moment with a fresh dolly which had been found by her side when she awakened in the morning and which the housekeeper said had been left for her with papa's dear love but she came at once in response to rebecca's call and expressed great delight over the thought of a visit to Mamma. a clear sweet voice had responded to rebecca's knock inviting them to enter and no sooner was the door opened than the child sprang into the arms of her mother with quite as extravagant expressions of delight as she had shown to her father the evening before as for the mother she almost devoured the baby with kisses then turned to rebecca with a bright face how do you do my dear Lillian has almost made me forget to welcome you but indeed i am glad to see you and interested in you above measure the one who cares especially for my little girl has always a warm place in my heart and mr mackenzie prepared me to like you he is pleased with your appearance my dear i hope he will remain so for he is very fastidious and especially hard to please where lillian is concerned and people who do not please him do not stay very long she shrugged her shapely shoulders as she spoke and laughed a sweet silvery laugh then invited rebecca to be seated and while she fondled lillian asked questions in a much more intelligent manner rebecca thought than her husband had done and withal was considerate and kind even to tenderness poor child she said so you are motherless it is very hard to lose a mother one never grows accustomed to it i lost mine twenty years ago and i miss her yet too bitterly sometimes there is nobody quite like a mother especially to an invalid i suppose they have told you i am that i don't look it do i but i am a great sufferer sometimes and never to be depended upon because the attacks may seize me at any moment that is why i have to entrust my little darling here so constantly to the care of others but you will be good to her i know you will my heart warms to you dear as for rebecca her heart was utterly lost this sweet-faced sweet-voiced beautiful woman who smiled upon her so graciously was the most winsome creature she had ever seen there was not a trace of insanity or even of nervousness in face or manner her eyes were full of a kindly light and every movement was graceful and reposeful what could mr mackenzie have meant the indignation which rebecca had felt the evening before returned in full force how insulting in a man to speak to an entire stranger in the way he did of his wife what possible objection could there be to leaving Lilian to her caresses for as long a time as she desired but worse than that had been the injunction not to perform any service for this lovely lady i suppose said rebecca to herself it was his way of showing or professing to show consideration for his hired help or else he is considering himself perhaps his wife shut into her room a great deal by suffering sometimes in thoughtlessness, asks services which inconvenience his majesty. So he proposes to guard himself at the very commencement from any annoyances of that kind coming through me. That must be the explanation. How horribly selfish and intolerable! I hope she does not know how he speaks of her. I despise that man. End of chapter 4